Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9, and, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach just a little while today in Jesus' name. Now, after the death of Moses, everybody say after. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your feet shall tread upon, that have I given to you. As I said unto Moses, everybody say, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness of, uh, wilderness of this Lebanon, even to the great river, the river Euphrates, all of the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not be any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be, be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give you. Only be thou strong and very courageous. Now, I don't know if you highlight in your Bible, but there's a series of that's and then's that I think you should pay attention to in the text. It says, only be thou strong and very courageous, Joshua, why? that thou mayest observe to do uh, according to all of the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it uh, to the right hand or to the left. That so in order that thou mayest prosper whatsoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. That, everybody say that that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. I, I'm going I'm to preach just a little while today on how I got over. Now, uh, now, there's a song, Brother Matthew, used by Mahalia Jackson. It's one of my favorite songs. I, I, I love to hear her sing it. It's, it's talking about my soul looks back and wonder how I made it over. Now, I don't know how to try to translate. Uncle Jim, if I could just sing, I'd just sing. I, I get annoyed at my sisters. I know you're all saved, but I got five sisters. They can all sing, Brother Massingale, and they didn't leave me with much. If I could just sing today, maybe I would sing that song, but I can't sing, so I'm called to preach. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best by the power of the, of the Spirit of God to get something deep down into somebody's heart today. I just want to encourage somebody in the Lord today. I want somebody to understand that the Lord is on your side, that God knows how to get you from here into your future, and you're never going to do that on your own. And the beautiful thing is, is you don't have to do that on your own today. So Moses is gone and, and Joshua is standing there on the brink of the promises. And, and, and when you begin to think about how they, how they got there to that moment, Brother Brown had said, how did you get here? If you begin to have a conversation with that young man and saying, how in the world did you get here to this land of promise and the land of plenty? How did you get to this tremendous moment where you're standing on the brink of the promises? And, and how did you get here? And, and Brother Barkas, I, I guarantee you what Joshua would say 
this. We didn't get here by ourselves. Oh, I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try to behave. Bad Bobby's going to come out in just a minute. Forgive me for that. I remember being in, in Bible college as a student eons ago, back in the Stone Age. And, 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 and I remember uh, John, Brother French, got up and he began to talk about how he started his doctoral work, his Ph.D. work. And, and, and he was doing a study on the growth of, of oneness Pentecostalism, the modern resurgence uh, starting in about the 1900s, early 1900s. And, and he began to tell them that I, I could show you that the, the, that the, the oneness Pentecostal church has grown, uh, outgrown more. Uh, Mormonism in, in, in just a few uh, a hundred, a hundred years, we've, we've done what they've done in a couple hundred years. And his, his dissertation committee said, there's no way that that's possible. But with man, it's not possible, Dad. It's just not possible. And I understand that, but how many of you know that's not what God is limited to? He's not limited to what man can do. So he said, uh, he began to trace out the research. And when he came back with his initial uh, uh, numbers, Brother Hauke, he said, I, I, I see that you've got this. He said, that's just tremendous. He said, no, 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 wait. That's only the tip of the iceberg. And the last count I have, uh, when I heard Brother French talk recently, just, well, maybe a few years ago, it's probably dated now. Is he said, there are over 750 oneness Pentecostal organizations around the world, of which the UPCI is just one. What can God do? I'm going to tell you how we got to this moment of revival. How did we get to this moment of the touch of God spreading around the world? You didn't organize that. We didn't organize that. It was the wonderful working power of God. It's his wonder on display. I, I remember I was down in uh, where I used to youth pastor about a year and a half before I came to Indiana Bible College at Brother Hunt's uh, just in Brazil, Indiana, a little bit over an hour, uh, just a, a little ways from here. And, and Brother Mooney was asked by uh, Brother Hunt to uh, preach his funeral. And, and, and he said, I want you to, Brother Matthew, so he said, I, I want you to preach. I don't want you to come and just do a funeral homily. I want you to come and preach my funeral. And Brother Mooney stepped to the pulpit and he said, I understand that there's a, some people that have lost a good man today. I, I need to comfort the family but I'm I'm betwixt the prayers uh, knowing I need to minister Uncle Jim but he said I also know that I'm be I'm against the prayers of a good man and Brother Mooney just began to thunder away in that at that funeral and, and and two backsliders came up and got refilled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost how are you going to explain that you can't explain that that's the touch and power of God no formula you can come up is going to bring the revival we need we need the wonder working power Power of God. Funeral director walked up to Brother Mooney and he said, "Listen, he said, I'm a, I, I don't mean to, I'm not being mean spirited at all by mentioning the name, but he said, you know, I'm a Methodist, I'm an old time Methodist, and he said it used to be. I remember that we used to preach like that, and we used to have preachers that did that, and we used to see people have gotten away. You see, when you begin to start counting on the arm of the flesh, and what you can do, you can distance yourself from the intention of God. That's why everybody, I know where I'm preaching today. I got a good church. We're going to stay right in the hot bed of what God." God is doing by his spirit. It's miraculous. How did we get here? Now I know Kyle, you're brand new today. Forgive me for being a little crazy. But we're, 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 you're new here and, and you just have to understand that we clean up really good and we look good in our suits and the way we dress. But if you just knew where we came from, if you could just hear some testimonies today of where the Lord has dug us out and put us in a large place and given us the power to operate in new life.
It's miraculous. How did we get here? How did we get here? We look back through the animals, annals of your own testimony and you begin to understand that the Lord saved me. See, I'm, I'm just going to go. Can I just preach my heart today? See, some of you need to go ahead and confess. I shouldn't be here today. The statistics were against me. The world said there was no hope for me. You don't know, oh man, I, I, was, I was laying tile over at Indiana Bible College in the offices and a couple days ago, Brother Marcus, and, and there was a young man that came up from California. He was driving on a vacation with his family. We stopped by and he actually, that's really weird. He stopped for his vacation. Thank you, Daniel, wherever you are, Williams. He came and he helped me lay some tile in my office and that's a weird vacation. Come work. See, here's what you have to understand about Daniel. Daniel was the youngest man to ever be incarcerated at Folsom Prison in California. Because he was like 18 in just a few months and, 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 and he was robbing drug dealers and he was doing all sorts of terrible things and now he's, he's a part of the church, Uncle Jim. And how do you explain that kind of change? It's inexplicable. It's wonder. It's God's spirit working. You can't explain that in human terms. You just have to understand that's what only God can do. Things that they say, now I, I'll just, I'll just kind of try to stay focused today. Because I feel too good, John, to keep kind of just going. I'm, I'm going to try to deliver what the Lord told me to, told me to kind of speak to you today. See, there's no hope in this world. And when you look back and you begin to think about, uh, there, there are things that I've done in life that should have destroyed me and destroyed my family. It should have killed me. But he saved me. He took me through some things, some dark nights of the soul. See, after I got in church... Dad, there's been some days that I had to go to the Lord in prayer. There's been days, dark nights of the soul where I just had to go find Jesus. And it hasn't always been easy serving the Lord. But some of you need to testify today. But he kept me. I can take you to places where prayer meetings happened, where I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. And the Lord just came by and strengthened me in that moment and gave me the power I need to walk through that stuff of life. Family turns their back on you and friends forsake you and, and people that backslid for less than what you've already been through. How did you stay? How did you get through all of this? I think Paul said it best in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 through 9. He says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Don't get too caught up looking, Brother Mike, at the earthen vessel today. Don't get too caught up in looking at this earthen vessel today. What you need to understand is there's a treasure that God can put down deep in your life that'll get you through anything. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, and yet not destroyed. And through pain, and heartbreak, and brokenness, and sickness, and attacks, and hurts. But you know, you need to tell the devil, I'm still here. And people have given up on you, Lord, but I'm not giving up on you. you got to touch me today. If you need a touch from the Lord, Brother Marcus, you already said it. The Lord is here today it's his will for you to walk in victory my soul looks back and wonder how I made it over but see yeah we gotta we gotta live in this moment or like Joshua it's our part it's an incredible day Joshua and 
How do you do it? You got to act in faith. As a young man, he's already fought. He's already led the battle. And when Aaron and Hur were lifting up the weary hands of Moses and they were lifting his hand, Joshua was already down, John, in the battle, leading that, leading that charge, leading that fight into, uh, for God's people. And here's the, uh, here's the challenge that God says uh, to this wonderful young man. I'm not trying to hide the recipe, as it were. I'm not trying to stop you from having the victory that I intend. See, God knows big things are coming in our future. That's why he will never let us play it safe. And that's why you got to act now. Joshua, if you don't act in courageous faith now, you will never see the wonder-working power of God. If you don't give yourself now, if you don't act, you hear this preacher today, if you don't cast out doubt and fear, you're going to miss a moment. But some of you can say, Lord, you saved me. And if you saved me, then you have victory in this moment. And, and I realize I couldn't save myself. And I can't keep myself either. I can't walk into the future either on my own but Lord if you're here I'm going to act in faith so that I can possess what you have for me in the future I guess I'm trying to say today that the same way he brought you out he's going to take you in only be thou strong and very courageous let me see if I can close today I don't know how long I've been preaching that's dangerous but see there was a the ten plagues of Egypt, Brother Matthews, God is not sneaking the children of Israel out the back door. He's demonstrating to Egypt that I've, I'm going to make a difference between the Egyptians and the Israelites. I'm going to show everybody that I have a people called by my name. Now what does that mean, Brother Matthews? It means God says I'm going to demonstrate my glory. I don't know where I'm supposed to go, so I'm going to try to behave. I'll try to stay up here, social distancing. But see, this is what that means. The ten plagues were not just neat parlor tricks. It's God taking down, as it were, every one of the Egyptian pantheon of gods like Apis, the cow god of Egypt, is, is worshipped. And he's supposed to be reincarnated every year, uh, every generation, rather, in the, in the land of Egypt. And Dad, this is what they're doing when God smites all those plagues on the cattle. It's like all these sick gods going around. And what God is showing to the Egyptians is, I have a people. You ready? They're called by my name. And I'm going to show you that I am for them God is the same you hear this preacher today God is the same yesterday today and forever that same God that worked for them is going to work for us I wish we had time to go through all the ten plagues you go study that on your own and realize that what God was doing to Egypt was showing up all of their gods are not like you, the God of Israel they are not and I am uh, but that, that's not, that's just one generation, Brother Kilman. How are we going to walk into our future? So when Joshua goes to, uh, to, to Jericho and he starts marching around the walls of Jericho, and we don't have time to deal with it in detail, but there's a Eucharistic legend that, that the, the, one of the kings of, of that land went and he took a seven-day march and, and he shouted at the walls because he was supposed to get this princess and there was a political battle going on and, and he didn't get the princess that he was promised, so he had to march out with an army and he took it and and so what God is doing is he's dancing the children of because they would reenact that that thing every year where they would march around their own walls 
And see, what God is doing with Joshua is he's doing the same thing that he did to Egypt. You think your religious tradition is powerful? You think your God is powerful? I'm going to show that there's a difference in Joshua. I'm going to show there's a difference in Moses. God is going to demonstrate in this age that I am for my people. Let me see if I can say it another way. There was a bishop over here uh, when I, in the organization that we grew up in. And, uh, oh man, Brother Marcus, way back in the 70s, he said, Lord, I want to build a church in the city of Indianapolis and I want to I build a church that's worthy of you. I don't want to just build, I, not, nothing against starting out small bad, right? Nothing against that. But he said, Lord, I want to build, build you a church that's worthy of your name. And he began to pray and ask the Lord to help him. He got that, 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 the direction and approval and that burden uh, as he began to pray. And he took some sisters, some wonderful young uh, older sisters in the church, and he asked them to begin to come and meet at the church and pray every day. And he said, Lord, what do I need to do? And the Lord took him to the Old Testament. He said, I want you to build a box and then put the box up in the front and ask the people to give. And, and he started doing that. He started, uh, they started giving. And not only did they give, they gave sacrificially. And so uh, he said, now, Lord? And he said, no. So he prayed and people gave a little bit more, more than sacrificially, cut into the deep a little bit. And and after that, he said, okay, now, Lord? He said, no, not yet. He said, well, Lord, the people don't have anything left to give. So you're going to get to the end of yourself because the Lord needs to get you to the end of yourself so that you learn that your future doesn't depend on you. It depends on him. I'm going to say it again. You couldn't save yourself from drugs and alcohol, materialism, and the lies of this world. You're not going to walk in the life of the Spirit on your own either. you got to count on God. And as he began to, he began to pray and they began to, he said, uh, Brother, Brother Matthews, he said, people began to park their cars and they would pull up in these Cadillacs and Fifth Avenues and they would walk in and they would hardly make eye contact with anybody. And they would march down to the front of the church and they begin to put little, little envelopes and little bits of money inside the box. Why? Because God was showing him, son, you're not alone in this dream and vision. I know what's in your heart to do. I am going to be the one that builds a church in this city. I'm going to use you but it's going to be by my power. So finally he said, Lord, the steel's coming in three days. He said, open the box. He had enough to cover the steel. The Lord provided. I, I know, Brother Kilman, but that was, some, that was some preacher, some wonderful man of God in the 70s. Well, let me just, let me just tell you my testimony. I was... I was the first, uh, I graduated from Indiana Bible College, felt the direction of the Lord to go to Christian Theological Seminary. And I was the first student, Brother Marcus, that, that they led in the seminary, the first student from IBC. And, and, and they said, we're going we're gonna to try you out. You've got you to graduate, or you've got to have rather nine credits that you accomplish on your own, and then student loans and scholarships and all that will be opened up to you because IBC is unaccredited. Now, just so you're aware, the Lord is opening in tremendous doors. And there's about 30-some institutions working with us now. It's a tremendous thing what God is doing. But I, I was back in the Stone Age. Brother Halkin, you know, I was the first dude. And so the Lord said, go. So I went, and, and we began to work baby doll. And, and we, we, it's like $750 payments monthly. Bang, bang, bang. And, and, you know, you're trying to go to school, and you're trying to work, and trying to be with a family, and that little dude at home. And, and I, I remember I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, okay, Lord, got a payment coming up. And baby, you walked in and said, uh, you know, we got like a, a payment due coming in a few days. I said, yep. And uh, my, my dad was wonderful. He, he had loaned me some money. And 
I walked back in and I said, well, Dad, uh, I'm going to get the money back to you. He said, son, don't worry about it. Uh, here's, keep that money. And by the way, here's some more money. That was a miracle. I love my dad. He's like an old generation, man. You know, those guys that come up through the uh, depression, it's like you need the jaws of life just to get their, all, their, uh, their wallet open. Just in case you don't know what the jaws of life is, that's that big saw that they cut people out of wrecked cars with. And, and my dad was very gracious, and he helped us. And, and of course, uh, mom and dad helped us, and, and, and you guys helped us. And, and so you get to the point where you're like, I can't call him anymore. Because the Lord's going to let us get to the end of ourselves. I remember Joel was just a little guy. I'm rocking him in a rocking chair at home, trying to put him to sleep. And I began to think about how, and, and it really is hard to give this illustration because you don't understand it unless you've had a child yourself. But I'm rocking that little boy, and I, I remember saying to myself, I would take a bullet for this kid. I, I would die for this boy. I would do anything to make sure that he's uh, safe. And I, I remember thinking, there's no way. I, I started thinking, Brother Marcus, of God as Father. And I, I said to the Lord, there's no way that you love me this much. There's no way, God, that you can love me as much as I love this boy. And I, I was overcome emotionally. I had to push away talking with God. I couldn't even uh, handle it emotionally because I knew what he was going to say. Remember, I, I started uh, doing a little job. I had a, was trying to work to pay the school bill. Hallelujah. All those IBC students, wherever you are, glory to God. But baby doll, that, I was doing that uh, living room for a man. I've met him one time in my life. He said, I don't even want people to know my name. We got to talking about God and talking about what the Lord was doing. He said, I want to do something for you. He said, my only stipulation is that you use it either for uh, the widows and the orphans or the poor or, or your school bill. I was like, huh, sounds like money. I don't need discernment. And I remember Brother Barkas, he, he took some money. I had a little front shirt pocket on my, and he, he just tucked some money in, and we talked, and then I left. And I, it's kind of like the evangelist. You go and you preach somewhere, and you hope it's enough, and so you pull over right after. You don't do it in front of him, but you pull over and you check the check. Is that enough to get us here, Jesus? Glory to God. And so uh, when, I, when, I, when I pulled over on the side of the road, I pulled that money out, and it was $1,000. And I just knew, and that payment was due in just a few days, and the Lord said to me, Son, I love you that much. See, here's what I come to tell somebody. I, I don't come to the music. I, I, can be, I can quit right now. The Lord is good. See, because I feel a moment of faith. Maybe somebody is just starting to understand a little bit that if, if that same God that worked in the past and saved me, if that same God that worked in the generations earlier is the same God today, then I can trust He knows how to get me and my family into the future. You will not make it on your own. But the beauty is you don't have to make it on your own today. Stand with me. I'll just tell you that in serving the Lord, that sweet wife of mine over there for 21 years, we have never been able to play it safe. Now hear me. If you're going to do the will of God, neither will you. Because you can't plan wonder. And as you begin to obey the Lord and operate by faith and take steps of surrender to the Lord, God will pray for your brother because as he begins to obey the Lord 
begin to reach out to God, that's when we, by our free will, release God to work and do what we cannot do. So here's what I want you to do all over this building. I want you to just say to the Lord, how many of you know, you know the Lord saved you? See, you need to park there for a moment in front of your problem today and remind your problem of today of what God did to save you. Because the same God that saved you is the same God that's going to keep you. And you cannot do it alone. I'm going to say it again until it gets down deep in your spirit. And you just need to say to yourself tomorrow, when you get up and you go about your life, I cannot do this on my own. And then you need to say, by faith, I don't have to do this on my own. So here's what I want you to do. If you need your faith increased today, if you need a touch from the Lord, here's what I invite you to do. If you, if you want to respond in faith to this message, I invite you to come down and you can make that step of faith and say, I, I don't know what the protocol is, Brother Marcus, but if you, if you want a touch from God and, and you, you can come down today and say, Lord, my problems are not bigger than you. They are absolutely bigger than me. They are bigger than all of us together. They're bigger than us. But our God is greater than everything that we'll ever face. And as long as I'm strong and courageous, and I take the steps of faith, He will meet me every step of the way. So right now all over this building, if you need a touch from the Lord, would you just throw up your hands and begin to say, Lord, help me to see through the eyes of faith. Help me to really believe that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever, God. And if I just simply keep my hand in your hand, everything's going to be okay. Lord, if I got to struggle through some dark nights, Lord, you got me here. You can keep me. Come on, somebody. My, 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 my. The Lord has his hands on your family. You're not in this alone. You got to understand that the Lord can do what you can never do. Come on, surrender that to God by faith. Surrender that to God by faith. I can never do, Lord, what you can do. Wonder, wonder, wonder. I got to explain. I got to. I got to know that the inexplicable is going to come, Lord. That you're going to move by your Spirit, Lord. That's how we're going to get into our future. That's how I'm going to overcome the issues in my life. It's going to take the touch of God. Lord, I am thankful today that I have it. We're living in a beautiful, complex moment. And it's going to take God. Do you see what the Lord is doing? He's Now I'm trying to Do you see what the Lord is doing in this moment? How are we going to get through this moment as a church, this complex? You're shutting down church meetings in, in California today. All of our good friends are told, Brother Marcus, not to meet today. How are we going to get through this? I'm going to tell you, can you see what the Lord is setting up? It's inexplicable. It's going to take Him. But you need to say to yourself, it's going to be you, Lord. It's not us, my, 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 my. And the Lord is going to light up His church again in this age, just like He's done every other age since. God's going to demonstrate who His people are. My, 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 my.
my, that's it. One more time and I'll let you go. Would you just say, Lord, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. And if you're weak today, can you just pray, Lord, help my unbelief, help my unbelief, Lord. I want to trust you better, God. I want to walk in faith today. I promise you, he's not going to reject you. He's going to come along and strengthen you to do his will.